Welcome to episode 32 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, back once again with my co-host, Matthew Aguilar. What up? And we have dug deep into the bench to once again bring our friend Connor Casey back. My God, you guys let me back in the studio. Yeah. Well, I mean, not without with, without purpose. See, like, usually not I'm, just, just, I'm just tucked away in the corner right there. Yeah, I know. You yeah. can always see you outside the uh, doors of this esteemed... Essentially, uh, he's on every podcast. ...esteemed yeah. church, we'll call it. Um, but uh, yeah, we brought you back inside the pulpit today church. because uh, we have something sacred to talk about, which is, of course, a whole lot of wrestling. Damn right. Uh, it's time for another check-in with the WWE, so we are going to be doing that. Uh, Matt and Connor are going to help us preview this weekend's big Money in the Bank event. So we're going to talk about some WWE. But in addition to that, we have some other exciting things to talk about, including some uh, WTF news because Chris Rock <laughs> is going to be rebooting the Saw franchise. You never saw that one coming. We've gotten some uh, first details for our, the Arrowverse crossover uh, crisis event, plus some other things happening on the DC front. We got a first Batwoman trailer, so we're going to talk about that. And we're getting a Deathstroke animated series, which is interesting. And, of course, we can't go too long without talking about Marvel because, you know, I mean, I would joke that they pay us, but then I'll be hearing this all the time. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, don't, don't, tempt it. don't tempt the trolls. Yeah. <laughs> so even though Marvel doesn't play, pay us, we're going to continue talking about them because uh, we've there was a big Reddit Q, uh, MMA, oh, my God, a Reddit AMA, because we can't just call it a Q&A because that would be weird, <laughs> with uh, Kevin Feige that has turned up some interesting notions of things that will happen in phase four that we are going to discuss and finally uh, i'm going to drop my review of john wick three yeah. which you can now read or watch on the site but uh some things to say about this third installment of that hit action franchise so let's get started okay first up like i said we're going to start with the big like what the what news which we saw when we came in today which is that chris rock is going to be rebooting the Saw franchise. And as our article by uh, Charlie Ridgely says, like, yeah, this is, this is real. Like, this is not an April Fool's Day joke or anything. Chris Rock is going to be rebooting the Saw franchise because apparently he was a huge fan of it. Who and, knew? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who knew? Like, out of everything Chris Rock could love or hate out of Hollywood, apparently Saw is the thing he was so passionate about <laughs> that he is going to be kind of dipping in and, uh, and doing it. And he said, uh, I've been a fan of Saw since the first film in 2004. I'm excited by the opportunity to take this really intense and twisted into a new, a really intense and twisted new place. It wasn't twisted already? Yeah, yeah I know. I mean, now, How do you twist more? <laughs> hey, it's Chris Rock. I feel like if anybody has a way to think more twisted than what we've seen from Jigsaw, it's probably this guy. Uh, so the, basically, uh, Lionsgate, the studio who handles Saw, their uh, picture group chairman, Joe Drake, said, and I'll read it to you, when Chris Rock came to us and described in chilling detail his fantastic vision that reimagines and spins off the world of the notorious Jigsaw killer, we were all in. Saw is one of the highest-grossing horror franchises, that's the key thing here, yep. of all time, and it's one of Lionsgate's most successful film series. The other important thing here, <laughs> uh, this upcoming film will still be as mind-bending and intense as all the previous Saw films. Chris conceived this idea, and it will be completely referential to the legacy of the material while reinvigorating the brand with his wit, creative vision, and passion for this classic horror franchise. Uh, so, so far, I'm basically seeing kind of envisioning Saw... With some yeah. kind of t more twisted traps and a bit more humor to it, right? Like, Which, is that bad? 
No, I, yeah, I think I'm it's good. good. I've been down with Saw since you know I first saw the first one when it was just a low budget movie that came out around Halloween that I saw with my girlfriend now wife of the time and was really kind of surprised and shocked by the ending and I was in for the first couple sequels but once it hit like four five six and seven like it just started getting too crazy too off the rails so I mean just trying to keep the story straight with all the interquels and connections was a pain in the butt so I was out but I did enjoy the jigsaw kind of uh sequel or reboot or a prequel, I mean, it was a little bit of all of that, but I enjoyed that. And so, like, yeah, there's, there's. I mean, I still associate and kind of get a little depressed when there's a Halloween and no Saw, so I'll be looking forward to this. And if it's, like, some more humor and kind of more of a winking take on it, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Million-dollar question, though, is is Tobin Bell back as Jigsaw? I have he's, no he's idea. he's kind of the iconic character. Well, they've been finding ways to bring him back, even though the character's been dead I was gonna for, say, like, 18 he's died. Yeah, he's, he's been died. dead since 3. <laughs> yeah, and they keep finding ways to bring him back. Like, if they're going to reboot, they might as well fix the whole part of, you know, maybe we shouldn't have killed that guy so early. I mean, it could be anything. Like, literally, like, they've gone all over the place. There's been prequels. There's been sequels. I mean, Jigsaw was a sequel and a prequel at the same time. So, I mean, it could be anything. If any kind of loose way, if Jigsaw inspires somebody new who becomes the franchise's new villain, or we see something like how Jigsaw got trained by some even crazier person to become Jigsaw in the first place, like, who knows? But uh, I'm just glad that Saul will be coming back, and I'm interested to see if, you know, Chris Rock can be to Saul with, like, Jordan Peele has been to horror, which is another kind of comedic, person you didn't think might be good in this world but all of a sudden it's good i'll see also danny mcbride you know yeah in halloween so I, i'm gonna be cautiously optimistic and hopeful and chris has already worked on chris like i know him. chris has already worked on you know a bunch of tv shows movie projects Movies, anyway. yeah, he's used exactly. to that i mean that part i'm not worried about if this is even half as good as pootie tang i will be happy <laughs> <laughs> Plus, honestly, every time we talk about this, though, in the future, you have to do the impression that you just did of Chris Rock. Chris Rock, get that, me out of this pit. That's required. There's needles everywhere. No, I mean, uh, let's not stress that too much. Let's just <laughs> uh, please so, do. keep it moving. Keep it moving. We're going to hop from horror over to the DC side of things because we got a lot of DC news that they're trying to squeak out of here now that Endgame is kind of uh, inching out of the zeitgeist. The, and Game the gate's of open. Yeah, Get the it game, in. Game of Thrones is down to one last episode. DC's like, okay, we're back. We're back out here. Uh, so first and foremost, we first got uh, both the finales of Arrow and The Flash aired this week. And both kind of had big final kind of tag scene teases for next year's big crisis event, which has been building in the Arrowverse since the Flash, uh, like its first episode. Yeah. Tease that he would be vanishing and that, you know, crisis would be coming. Um, it's kind of funny because they had it happening like right, yeah, like years 2024. later, 2024, and then like now the realities of TV and actor <laughs> contracts and stuff. So at the end of the Flash, spoilers for the tag scene of the Flash finale, is the uh, room with the Gideon, the kind of you know future computer thing that monitors, and they always go back to this headline of when the Flash disappears from Iris West and it's 2024. And it just, like, scales down, the numbers scale down to 2019, and then like, <laughs> that's the end. They're like, oop, tie line change. It's meaning. almost like the rat moment from Endgame. It's yeah. almost like the thing of, like, okay, I know why that's there. It doesn't, it feels a little ham-fisted, but okay. But whatever. it was, I was just like, so this was, that scene to me was, 
your expectations of how long your series are, the realities of <laughs> actors working on your series. Yeah. I mean, because both these shows got rid of, of two major characters. We talked about Felicity leaving Arrow, and um, I forget the actor's name, but uh, the guy who plays, uh, what's his name? Oh, man. Cisco. The guy who plays Cisco yeah. basically kind of retired from The Flash, which was something we knew was going to happen. He kind of teased earlier this year. But I'm also suspicious of that because I feel like it's weird that both specifically Felicity and Cisco were gone. Hmm. Like basically the two tech bros of the era. Oh, so do you have a conspiracy theory? I have a conspiracy theory they'll return in crisis for some kind of major, major save the game. Tricked you. Exactly. But that's just a theory. But so we got first details of the crisis crossover. And I mean, this is going to be easily the biggest crossover event in the Arrowverse, um, basically, yeah, it will be a five-hour kind of storyline, but it will be spread out over two quarters. So basically, like, the way our DC TV team has broken it down is that the crisis will most likely start near the mid-season finales of these shows and then have a break halfway through the story and then come back for the final part in the mid-season premieres. Oh, so basically, yeah. I mean, that's a killer way to. I mean, I mean, if you're looking at it just from a ratings perspective, that's a great way to juice up your finales and your premieres. Yeah, and I mean, it's I'll gonna it's gonna basically, and this is <laughs> I don't want to make any weird racist jokes, but it will be every series in the Arrowverse except Black Lightning. Like, <laughs> wah, wah. Yeah, um, it's gonna be Arrow, The Flash, Supergirl. Legends of Tomorrow and Batwoman. Most important part of that is yeah. Legends because they missed out on the last one and it wasn't as good. As good. No, you need the Legends. Yeah. And legends Batwoman, which was surprising. So, I mean, but she was part of the last crossover, so yeah. I guess it makes sense. But mm-hmm. since Black Arrow, Black Arrow, Black Lightning exists in his own section of the multiverse, which I'm good with. Like, yeah. I like Black Lightning over in his own little corner. So this is going to be our biggest, and so that's going to be pretty interesting. As, you know... As, Especially since now it's kind of set up that both The Flash and Green Arrow will potentially... I mean, we know Oliver Queen, we just discussed it, will die during this. Yeah. And The Flash will vanish. And it's like, I don't know what the future of these shows. Arrow is going to have 10 episodes left, so we're going to see how this all factors in. I mean, it's already into its crisis storyline. But The Flash thing is a question. I mean, is Grant Gustin getting sick of this? I mean, he's showing signs of stress, vaping on planes and whatnot. Uh, <laughs> so who knows? He and might the good news dead. about the Flash is, if they did decide to go that route, it, there's so many possibilities that they can fill that void with. Yeah, within the show already, yeah. that just make that. There's the also lead. Like, yeah, there's like 15 other speeds. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas Arrow it was like, it, it's hard to do that, but this yeah. you Flash, you could easily do it. Uh, so, Crisis sounds interesting. So we'll see what kind of develops out of that. But we're going to move on to talking about the Batwoman trailer that just dropped. So, Ruby Rose starring as Kate Kane, Batwoman. We got our first trailer for it, and uh, pretty interesting stuff in the sense of just giving us a sense of, like, what the Arrowverse version of a Batman show will be. Yeah. Uh, We got to see a lot, finally, after years of teasing, what Batman's world in the Arrowverse actually looks like without seeing the man himself, because the story is, of course, he's like abandoned and left Gotham City and gone somewhere and kind of left it unguarded. We don't know why or how this happened, but uh, the whole Batman operation's kind of gotten cobwebs on it. Criminals are acting up, and Kate Kane kind of falls into the middle of this. 
Um, and she's Bruce Wayne's cousin. And when she kind of figures it out, she starts out in this trailer. We see her trying to be Batman, but you know, it gets all muddled because people think she's Batman yeah. and she's really not down with that, which will lead to her developing the Batwoman character. But so far, I mean, it looks pretty good. I mean, it looks like an Arrowverse show. It does have that. It does have that. I, I remember going through, especially the Alice parts. The Alice parts to me stick out as yeah, and they she's feel the, the most CW-ish. Yeah. The parts with Rose look fantastic. Like, to me, look fantastic. Like, that's clearly the highlight here. Like, yeah, Ruby Rose is pretty badass and, like, a good Kate Kane. But, uh, yeah, the like villain is, like, very, it was, like, Alice is, like, a poor man's Joker, kind of. I mean, she looks great. She looks straight out of the books, and people have mentioned that. But yeah, as a character, I'm I'm not worried or anything. I'm just like that. Clearly, no. Yeah, I expectations. Hope, I hope the Batwoman series does go darker yeah. with its villains. Like Arrow, kind of started out that way a little bit and has had some dark villains like Chase, um, Prometheus, mm -hmm. like and all that. And, but if this is gonna be Gotham City, like I want it to be dark. Yeah. I want it to be a little grittier. I want a little more of that kind of like Nolan. Alan Moore, Frank Miller influence to it. Just saying, in terms of dark grittiness, I saw your sure. face doing things over there. But uh, you, you said Alan Moore, and then I just thought back to the Watchmen trailer, and I went, "Oh boy!" No, I meant just like you know, Killing Joke style, yeah, Gotham yeah. City, like not so much just Arrow. And we saw maybe a snippet here or there in this that that maybe leaned that way, but most of it was very Arrow. -esque. Yeah. So I I do hope they dip further in there. I do love how they explain. In just that trailer, why she takes on the red, why like it for someone who's new to that character, that trailer is perfect. You you understand why she has the new suit, why she has the new colors. It breaks it yeah. down in a very digestible way. Something that even the original comic series, when they introduced her in the new fifty two, or sorry, in fifty two, didn't really do. Kind of struggled yeah. with that for a while. So so I, I mean. Just to say, if you didn't like what you see, remember, this is the Arrowverse. Pr practically every show that's been launched in this has had to find its ground. Yeah. Arrow was so bad for the first half of its, three quarters of its first season. You, you didn't like the, the first person narration? No. Didn't and they? like the CW melodrama and love stories? No. Wasn't Flash the lone one, though, that kind of stuck out its first season and then, yeah. then went through the dip? Yeah, <laughs> and then tapered off. It started yeah. out really strong out the gate and then kind of... Lost some of that pacing, but uh, yeah, he says he's the fastest man alive. It's like you're like the fifth, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know, legends. I mean, just remember what a crap show, like, legends is a little legend was with the hawk people and all that in the first season before kind of coming around. It's still to really good, finding. despite the if you can just watch legends with a whole cut of cutting out all the hawk people stuff, you'd be amazing, yeah, like but it's the, so good. But the point is, like, they find their footing and then they get somewhere else, <laughs> yeah, and I hope that's what happens with Batwoman. Uh, finally, on the DC front, we're getting a Deathstroke animated series, which... Yay! 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 I mean, is this what anybody <laughs> was asking for? Like, Jim Viscardi uh, just did exactly the way you would describe it. He made a shrugging motion, and I feel like that's the reaction. <laughs> it's like, so the people who really love Deathstroke will be enthused. I just... Eh. It's coming to CW Seed, which is like... Their online thing where they launch. So sometimes there's a testing ground for kind of things. But, like, yeah, I don't know how I feel about this. It, it It's going to be kind of... We don't even know if Man, uh, like Manu Bennett is yeah. coming back to do it. There's a like, lot of unknowns. There's a lot of unknowns in this. And this kind of... The story was interesting. I mean, it was more interesting before we had a Batwoman trailer that was more interesting to talk about. So we're not going to spend too much time on this. 
But I don't know if this is exactly how we have all been waiting for Deathstroke to make his debut. This is kind of like when they did the Constantine animated series. Yeah. Everyone was like, okay, we just want Matt Ryan back as Constantine. Like, don't, don't you're overcomplicating it. We don't want an animated series. We just want him back. And, and then, then finally, they put him in Legends. Legends. Finally, yeah. So, I mean, I've loved the Arrowverse Deathstroke. I mean, he, he made that show really hit its stride in season two. So let's just hope that project turns out to be something worth Maybe watching. it'll be cool, yeah. Yeah, because we've been waiting for Deathstroke to kind of get a bigger bigger role in all this DC properties that are happening, and so far it's been kind of... <laughs> yep, so that's on the DC front. Hopping over to Marvel. So we were talking about this Reddit AMA with Kevin Feige, and he was kind of loosely just talking about some things that are going to be happening in Phase 4. And one of the more interesting things he said is that they will be kind of dealing with some of what he kind of referred to as forgotten characters of the MCU, which has become a big thing since we all saw, uh, what's his name, Ty Simpkins, mm-hmm. um, in, at the end of Avengers Endgame, where everybody was like, who the hell is that? And it was <laughs> yeah. a kid from Iron Man 3 showing up. Because he had grown so much. Yeah. yeah, he's like a completely different <laughs> person like now. And it's kind of interesting to see that about who these characters are and how they can now factor into the MCU after the events of Avengers Endgame. But of course, the biggest thing he kind of said during this whole forgotten characters idea was that we will be dealing with the Mandarin. Yeah. And that whole thing with the Mandarin, the Ten Rings, which is a story thread that came with the first chapter of the MCU in Iron Man because Tony Stark was taken by the Ten Rings and forced to create the Iron Man armor. And we all thought that was going to later pay off at the end of that film series trilogy in Iron Man 3, because the Mandarin, the leader of the Ten Rings, was going to come back, and we all thought it was going to be tied. Then it turned out it was none of that, because it was Aldrich Killian, and the Mandarin was fake. But then people were so pissed off that they did the Marvel (laughs) one-shot, all hail to the king, Mm. where you see Ben Kingsley's uh, Trevor Slattery go to jail for impersonating the Mandarin, only to get threatened in jail by the real Mandarin. Yeah. So... Ever since then, the real Mandarin's been lurking out there, and according to Kevin Feige, we are going to deal with this whole thing uh, in an upcoming Marvel project, which he would not talk about. And some sites have kind of pitched a theory that I was just writing about that I think is a pretty smart one, which is that you can kind of link things together to Phase 4 basically one of two ways. You can have the Mandarin be the kind of big bad, like Thanos was, this kind of guy, because he's been in the shadows the whole time. He's been plotting and manipulating and doing things and how that comes about and where his influence will be seen even in the past films is interesting. But one of the main places you can kind of stick him in would be in the Shang-Chi movie. Mm, Because if you know your Marvel Comics history, Shang-Chi is the son of uh, a crime, like a mastermind villain called Fu Manchu, Mm -hmm. who is one of those unfortunate Marvel Comics stereotypes that you... There's a few of them out there. Yeah, there's a few of them out there. (laughs) That you're never going to see brought on screen no. to the MCU. Um, you know, shout out to M'Baku, man. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, like, <laughs> so they've gotten good about reinventing some of these culturally insensitive characters. And an interesting way to kind of skirt around this would be take out the Fu Manchu character because he is just basically a, like, a horrible stereotype yeah. of a sneaky Chinese guy. <laughs> and then like put in the Mandarin, right? And just replace that. That would be very interesting. Because... The way Shang-Chi's story works is Fu Manchu has a lot to do with kind of espionage, but also mysticism and like ancient Chinese mysticism and things like that. And you could have the Mandarin be kind of a mix of 
modern kind of technology mm -hmm. and old mysticism and have him be the father of Shang-Chi and have that story be the Shakespearean story of how this guy was raised and trained under this, you know, evil mastermind kind of warlord of crime boss who he thinks is a good man and his father. And he goes out and he's a bad guy at first. I mean, that's Shang-Chi's yeah. story. And he's like doing assassinations and stuff. And then he figures out, oh my God, my dad's a bastard. And like he turns against his father and becomes a hero. So that would be a kind of interesting way to implement the Mandarin and yeah. kind of give him a backstory and a place in the MCU that's very relevant to phase four. And you could still use him as a more of an overarching villain yeah. for, for the entire phase after introducing him to us directly in something like Shang-Chi. I love, I love the idea. I, I think if you were, I mean, Mandarin's always been an Iron Man villain predominantly, and now with Robert Downey Jr. and that character kind of exiting, some are disappointed. I think it would also, if you were going to keep that, because I like that idea. I yeah. like going that route. If not, if they wanted to keep it a little more in the Iron Man family, this would be a perfect opportunity for you to introduce Ironheart and let that legacy of Iron Man, he comes back right into the picture. He has ties to Tony Stark, and he has all those ties, and you bring that and Riri Williams into that, and you make it like a legacy hero yeah. in a way, but against an old traditional villain, right? You could continue kind of that and then just let her leave. And I think, the the, Iron Man and I think you can walk and chew gum. Like I think, yeah. like I said, Shang-Chi would be a good place to give you backstory of who the real Mandarin is mm -hmm. and show you that character and kind of establish him as an interesting dynamic villain and not a stereotype and all that stuff within a setting that's already going to be going for like an Asian cultural type Absolutely. deal. I was going to say, the, the thing you mentioned with Fu Manchu, how it's coming from this place of a racial stereotype the mandarin came from the same place yeah, exactly. in his earliest days and that was the struggle iron man 3 had to deal yeah. with is do we it's like do you really want the comic book version of this no you don't because then we're getting think pieces for the next 10 years yeah. about how there was this horribly <laughs> racist character in the right in the middle of the mcu and that's why i think shang chi yep. is, is the buffer zone for this because right. this is a movie that's going to be geared with kind of a lot of asian creators and this kind of cultural sensitivity thing built into it going out the set and kind of telling a story about a kind of powerful Asian family and things, the themes like honor, family, you know, ancestry, history, mysticism, you know, all that stuff that's part of that culture is a good way to sidestep that that didn't exist when like Iron Man 3 was coming out oh, and yeah. they couldn't for, figure out what to do. For sure. But people expecting a one-to-one -one adaptation of the Mandarin to this, you're out of your mind. Yeah, no. It's going to be something mind. up it, it, And it shouldn't be. Yeah. No, really. <laughs> and it should be because Fu Manchu is an interesting character in terms of like who he is. Yeah. He's a master of disguise, manipulation, mind effing people, like all the crime, you know, high yeah. crime manipulation, all that stuff. And doing that with like the Mandarin and combining those two would be yeah. in a modern setting where like China is in a different place in a modern kind of mm -hmm. time would be very uh, interesting. So we're going to be looking forward to that. Yeah. I'm looking forward to just putting to bed this whole thing. But um, yeah, uh, but I was saying, I'm sorry, if we could walk and chew gum in the sense that setting him up in Shang-Chi and then having him play into the MCU yeah. in, in later parts like Ironheart or something like that would be interesting. Love it. All right, stay tuned because when we come back, we are going to break down John Wick 3, and then we are going to break down things that are happening in the WWE because the wrestling world has some big things going on. So be sure to stay tuned for that. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay. We're going to let you guys kind of wrap things up with a whole big wrestling segment. So I'm just going to burn through a little John Wick 3 review here and try not to take up too much air or time. So you can read my full or watch my full review of John Wick 3 on comicbook.com. But basically, I gave this movie five out of five stars because I think that for all the criticisms you could say about it cinematically, this is a series that by now is kind of one of the forefront of the action genre. And people go to it for, for one thing, really awesome action stunt choreography. And John Wick 3 definitely delivers that. Um, the story is a little bit more kind of muddled towards the end, but it's you know blessedly simple in the beginning. It picks up right after chapter two, minutes after it, where John kind of violated the rules of the under assassin underworld by killing a, you know, a made man, essentially, and now is excommunicated and on the run with like every assassin in the game after him. And that's just where three picks up. So most of it is just really simple. He's trying to get from point A to point B <laughs> to point C without getting killed and being attacked by like every weird person coming out of the woodwork who turns out to be an assassin. And, it's, and so it's just like every two steps, John Wick takes two steps, then there's another fight. And he's just like trying to go to the bathroom and there's another fight. And then he's just like, all right, I just need a burrito. And there's like a fight while he's trying to get the burrito. <laughs> and it's just kind of like that until some kind of, higher mythology stuff unfolds in the ending. That's a little kind of sloppy, but sets up a sequel. But in terms of the stunts and the action, like, yeah, John Wick 3 is crazy next level. And the thing that director Chad Stahelski comes up with and Keanu Reeves and the stunt team execute, and one reviewer was out there saying it all is too CGI and fake Nabra. Like, this is all actual stunt work that they do and stunt choreography, and the sequences are pretty awesome in design and execution and really entertaining like there's multiple times where people will be out of their seat like oh or cheering or just gasping because things that happen um yeah there's some great i mean one of the most phenomenal things is the work they do with animals in this movie like there's horses and dogs that are incorporated into these fights some of these big fight sequences and it's amazing like the horse sequence is amazing And Halle Berry is amazing in this because she comes into this in like the middle act of this movie. And she has a character, she's a character with a kind of a deep dramatic backstory that she like Halle Berry just jumps fully into. She's like in a movie all her own, (laughs) like Monsters Ball 2. And like, yeah, because it's about her and her family and her history with John. But she also is such a badass in these like in this major action sequence where it's her fighting with two canines as her partners and she has all these like crazy commands of stuff they do and and, like attacks they do. And like, yeah, it is pretty amazing. And so Halle Berry kicks ass and, and really steps up to create a character that's like, you would want to see in more John Wick films because she's very much like his equal. It's kind of like when she was in bond. And I was going to say, yeah, um, it was what I wanted that movie to be. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And she's even more badass than this. But like I said, just the action and the stunt and just the creativity and the humor of a lot of it is really good. Because by now, like, the series isn't taking itself so seriously. And so, like, yeah, they just have hilarious setups. Like, one of the first fights is, like, John Wick versus this kind of group of, like, a Asian ninja gang that ambushes him in, like, a museum. 
and they end up having a fight in a hallway that has like displays of all these classic swords and knives. Oh, nice. And it's just like them just everybody reaches to the wall and just like throwing knives at each other as fast as they can. So fast that most times they're not even hitting, like they're just hitting on the flat end or the, the blunt end. And like, it's just hilarious and things like that. Like, so the sequences, if you liked like John Wick 2 and the sequence in the train station of them trying to shoot at each other without like disturbing the, uh, the regular yeah. people in this train station, they're using silencers and you like that whole sequence, then a lot of what John Wick 3 does, you'll love. Um, and there's also some great callbacks to the series. Uh, yeah, because like, like Halle Berry and him having this conversation that's not even a conversation because she gets pissed because somebody does something to one of her dogs and she's like flipping out about it. And John was just like, yeah, I get it. Like, <laughs> you know. So a lot of humor, awesome action. That's pretty much all you can ask for from this series. So I was more impressed than I was with two because um, I didn't like two as much as one, but I like this one much more than two. And I'm ready to see the franchise continue. Were, a, were you surprised that they've already started working on four? No. I mean, after you get to the end of three, that's not sense. a surprise at okay. all. So, and yeah. you like the pitch for four? Like, they, you like the setup? I haven't heard the pitch for four. What's the pitch for four? No, I'm saying at the end of, you said at the end of this movie, they kind of tease some stuff that they're going to. I mean, it, it, it's just another excuse for John Wick okay. to kick a lot of ass <laughs> and have a really bad day and just kind okay. of. And I love that Keanu Reeves, as he's getting older, in the films, it's like John Wick just becomes more and more tired <laughs> of like what's going on, even though it's set like just minutes yeah. afterwards. Like in this one, like it's understandable that he's been now fighting for like two days straight, like all over New York, and he's just kind of like a tired old grumpy man throughout most of the movie. <laughs> and Keanu Reeves in his kind of weird wooden way is hilarious about playing that, yeah, and, like doing that. So I recommend action fans absolutely go see John Wick three. And come back and let us know what you think at the hashtag Comic Book Nation. So that's going to do it for me and my review. Ooh, like yeah. I said, you can read my review or watch it on comicbook.com. Now I'm going to throw it over to you, Matt and Connor, because uh, you guys need to tell us what's happening with some wrestling. It's wrestling. Well, before we get to the Money in the Bank preview, Matt, I wanted to get your thoughts on the news that broke this week about All Elite Wrestling. We have confirmed that there is going to be a show this fall live every week featuring All Elite Wrestling on TNT, the home of WCW. And I see Jameson. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Jameson Brown over there. When they, when they announced that, when they came out and said, you know, like, we're getting back into, even though it was, like, not, of course, there's going to be so many different things, and it's not even the same entity and all that. When mm -hmm. they were like, we're back in wrestling, that just made this has made my heart just, yeah, skip a beat. That was amazing. Because that's where I grew up on wrestling was actually WCW, and then I went back. Right? Oh, yeah. So that's WCW, what, that's what sucked me into wrestling. Um, so I, I'm thrilled. I, I think with the financial backing that they have, Turner is a big – that's a big get. That's a big network. It's not some channel that five people have. Sorry. People <laughs> don't real, realize this. It actually is in more homes than USA. Home yeah. Home Monday Night Raw. Yeah, it's like a big deal. Like that's a huge deal. Uh, and I wasn't aware. I are they? Is Turner paying them? Or are they paying? So Turner? the the rumor was originally that AEW was going to have to pay Turner for their time. Okay. What we've since found out is that there's no rights fees deal like how WWE has it with USA, where it's hey. You pay us a crap ton of money, and we'll let you put our product on your network. Yeah. Now it's no, we'll cover the costs of production. And we'll split the advertising revenue, but that's okay. it. Okay. You don't have to pay for us to be on your channel. We're not paying you to let you be on our channel. Okay. 
I, it's it's not the best deal they possibly could have gotten, but it's certainly not the worst. And it's it's still a great it's a great channel to be on. I will be very uh, once we get more details of actually like one. Have they said how long the show is going to be? They haven't said how long the show is. They don't haven't said what day it is, which is really important. Yeah, especially with TNT that which has to deal with the NBA season. We don't even know the name of the show yet. I t- I know I I said earlier that uh, I would love it for to be Nitro. It's uh, not going to be, but I would just love that. You're just tempting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. Uh, so I'm thrilled. I I am very much for some great competition. More competition. There's already competition out there. I will grant that, but. It would be nice to see someone who actually has the funds and the money and the backing to actually go up against and see what they can do. So I'm thrilled. For sure. To show my age here, I was a a small child when most of the Monday Night Wars was going on. So I didn't start watching wrestling until 03. Okay. I was 10, and the Monday Night War was long dead by then. Wow. So So hearing all of these stories over the years, it's the beard. I know. It adds 10 years. (laughs) You, just shaking you when you hear so much about the Monday Night War and how intense it was every week having these two legitimate yeah. competing companies, and then you spend 15 years watching just one and it has no competition, yeah, no serious competition, even though I like some of the other stuff. It's really exciting to see this all coming back. Yeah, I need La Parca 2.0 in exactly. AEW. He's around. <laughs> I need 2.0. Update it. That's all. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to talk about as far as AEW? I mean, are you are you excited for this? Uh, I I want them to tell us more Double or Nothing here in we in about a little over a week. Yep. I want to know more about how many championships you got going on. I want to know what the titles look like. If they can give us any sort of more indication about what the show is going to be like, I'll be thrilled. One thing I do love in their uh, announcements and and their descriptions of it is that statistics will be emphasized they do are they're placing more of an importance on actually win loss records something we've completely disregarded in wwe i I think that i have no idea what the statistics are going to look like but if i had to guess it's gonna be more about wins and losses as opposed to this move when he hits it 70 percent of the time it pins the guy 90 percent. but even that is fine because right now we don't have that right in wwe that's just not a thing we pay attention to they trade them so often Throughout the month that you're just, who cares? It's all even until a pay-per-view. So, Speaking of pay-per-view. Yeah, buddy. Let's talk about Money in the Bank. Money so in the Bank. you are the biggest <laughs> Becky Lynch fan I know. Oh, he said I know. Biggest I, that know, was this biggest I know as well, I have to say. Yeah. Biggest I know as well. Becky two belts. Yes. And <laughs> she's got two title matches coming up. Now, the question I've been asking you for weeks now yes. is, how many titles does she have at the end of the night? Is she still Becky Two Belts? Uh, I say yes. I say wholeheartedly yes. But, I mean, look, I, I think it comes down to... Uh, <laughs> I think it comes down to momentum as far as merchandise, and I think it comes down to who she's facing. I think right now, I've alone in this week, I've had four emails about... Becky merch, as far as like shirts, Becky two belt shirts, Becky two belts, this and that. I think they're still making money off of that. I think it's good on their social media stuff. Like they're still pushing that a lot. I think it's a little too soon to take that off. So I think next pay per view, probably, if one of them will go at least. Um, if they did take one, it wouldn't be like, I mean, Charlotte's won how many championships? But I also think competition wise, how many times have we seen Charlotte like and Becky? 
Mm-hmm. So for, to give her the belt does nothing as far as like storyline progression or shock value or anything like that. And Lacey Evans, this is their first pay-per-view match. I feel like this is a long-term feud. So eventually I see that happening. But this one, a little too soon. So I think both. Here's my thing, though. It's the money in the bank pay-per-view, which means someone's going to have that briefcase yes. by the time her second match comes around. So my guess is that she somehow wins both. But then someone runs down with that briefcase, hits her over the back of the head, cashes in, takes one of her titles because she's her energy is depleted, as it were. That could that could very well happen. I really don't understand the rules of wrestling. So here's so here's the thing. <laughs> Kof, this will make sense. This actually applies to your boy Kofi. Yeah, your boy's oh, when, you, when yeah. you have a money in the bank contract, it's in this big plastic briefcase. If you win the match that gets it, you can cash it in for a title match at any time. Okay. And as we've seen over the years, what most people will do is they'll wait for the champion to be beat to hell in a different match, and then run cash out, in. cash in, one, two, three, win. So you can do that. And you yeah. can do it. People have done it within the same show. Some spread it out, and it takes months to, for them to actually cash it in. It shakes up the thing. My, my biggest thing is I think they want to get more out of it with the Money in the Bank matches that they have set up as far as the competitors in there. Mm. My people who – the ones I'm going to look at to win – I think it benefits them to hold it longer than to just do it in one night. But we'll see. I, I, be the only, could it be the only way your boy Finn actually gets a title? Hey, he's got a title right now. Not right? the Inter, title. Intercontinental champ, whatever. The brand split is dying. Your boy is in trouble. Uh, but anyway, standing by my prediction. I, I'm going with one belt for Becky. And I think they can still sell those Becky two belts here. So they don't magically go away. Yeah, I know. But title. it loses it. Uh, loses some of the allure. Then if they it's go back Becky to one belt. Then they better do like a, Matt better do like a freaking eBay flash sale on them. <laughs> get rid of them. Then they go back to selling the man shirts, which were also selling great. I only bought I like lots that. of them, by the way. I like so. I like the man logo or tagline better. It's really simple. It's just yep. two words, black, black t-shirt, white logo. I like it all. <laughs> <laughs> but let's move on, shall we, to the ladder matches themselves. We got two, men's and women's. Who you got in the women's? Uh, I have, so I have a pick who I think is going to win. I have one I'm cheering for. But my pick four, who is going to win, I think they'll give it to Mandy Rose. I was going to go with Alexa Bliss, but then a funny thing happened today. She got pulled from the match, and they're not saying why, and I swear to God, that girl's had injury problems. Uh, they're not telling us about it. Yeah, they're not telling us about it. They're being very cagey. She swears up and down she's okay, but Very cagey. I see what you did there. Yeah, you see what I did there? I am bummed by that. I I am too. I want to see her in the ring more, and even over the last few weeks, they've still been keeping her on, like, doing her little show and her promos, but they keep her out of the ring for the most part, even though they made a big showy thing right after WrestleMania of like, she's good. Yeah. She can go. I'm, she's good. I'm, we swear. We swear she's not I'm her. concerned. Um, but yeah, I, I think as far as without her and even with her in it, because she recently won it, I don't think they would, I don't think they're going to double dip. So I think Rose I, could benefit the most. It is better in a heel's hands. Mm. And I think she, she could, there's a mutual like they can both get a lot out of it. WWE can push her, have her actually be out there with some of the bigger name talent, and then she gets to get over as as a heel. I'll actually agree with you on Mandy since now my pick is gone. I have to pick somebody else. I'm going with Mandy, and it also plays into Becky's whole thing where she hates blondes and she hates girls that look vaguely like Charlotte. Yes. And if imagine she has to be 
Charlotte and Lacey in the same night, and then another one of Vince's picks comes out yep. and steals one of her titles from her. Then she can just rally about that for weeks. I would love for Ember to win, but that's a personal. I just would yeah, like her to win, but I don't good. see it. I, I don't see them doing that. Maybe they'll surprise me. Cowards. Cowards. A whole bloody lot of them. All right, the men's ladder match. Who you got? Uh, I actually have Andrade uh, winning. I think uh, WWE has been like very wishy-washy as far as like pulling the trigger on that he gets a push a little they him and Zelina they get a push and then like ah uh, they kind of take him off and then they get a push and they keep popping them brand to brand I just think this would be a phenomenal way to give them a recurring storyline you always and because of their heel personas I think again this fits it could take on anybody in this way uh and I think they're ready to pop like I think that bubble they've been on that bubble for a while I think this would be the push they need Fair enough. I wouldn't have a problem with Andrade. Yeah. But I'm going to go with Sammy. Oh, okay. Because I love how you like on Sammy? Raw this week, he'll Sammy's entertaining. Yeah. He's got the same Daniel Bryan thing where he'll say ridiculous things, but it's a completely straight face, so it's funny. Yeah. Like Kofi. Exactly like Kofi. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I loved how what would be great is so Baron and Drew cost Braun his spot in the match by overwhelmingly helping Sammy win this week on Raw. Yeah. Now wouldn't the ironic thing be for Sammy to win and steal the contract out from under those two? They're That'd like, oh, great. we took out the toughest opposition. We've got this. No, you don't. You you gave it to the guy that wound up winning. I, I'm and totally then, for Sammy. And then there's always the possibility of, what if KO wins the title and somebody runs over and cashes in on his old buddy, oh. and we're back to the old fight forever rivalry. And since we just like you know reunited them, so to speak, and all that. Recently. And since the wild card rule has said, yeah, the brand split doesn't exist anymore. Don't so don't st- tease yourself. Stupid. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> why did you have it if you're gonna do that? Whatever. It's no, I I would love love to see Sammy be involved in a world title picture, and I think this is the easiest way to do it. I like it. I like that idea a lot. So, final question I got for you. Match of the night. Who's it got? Uh, I was going to pick uh, Seth and AJ, and I got burned last time when I picked AJ. <laughs> what, a was, year ago? Or? No, when I said best match of WrestleMania, and you, uh, yeah, I you, said it was going to be AJ picked, and Orton. You, Yeah, you set yourself up for failure. I, I did, and I got burned. Now, I was going to pick Seth because I will always back Seth because Seth produces and AJ, but He's I'm not. He's also dating your girl. I'm not well, I'm okay. as confirmed by WWE's Twitter account. That's very which true. Which is totally normal, by the way. Yes, that's yeah. They're uh, boy, they're, yeah. And I love how everyone's reactions, including like Rusev and like Nikki Bella and all these people who like had to hush, hush, hush for all their relationships, yeah. are kind of a little bitter about it that they're just embracing them. But I that's don't blame them. Uh, but I think it's going to be Kofi and Kevin Owens. because i came out of wrestlemania saying what was the best match after we looked back and it was kofi and daniel bryan and i like kevin owens i'm in the camp that likes kevin owens so i think you know he can produce a great match your belt's on my desk do you want it back no you still have just wear my championship over my biceps (laughs) and you can keep it i think he's gonna and if in that match i think kofi would keep it too I think Kofi would win. I think I do think Kofi retains, but I'm gonna go with Seth and AJ. They're just so damn good in the ring. You give them 20 minutes. If it's a bad match, something has gone horribly wrong. <sighs> yeah, I I was there, I was right there with you. I don't know. I I think Seth. I the last time I bet Randy Orton is a solid performer too, mm-hmm. and like they're both AJ. 
that match was fine. It was, and I feel like Seth and AJ could put on a, a good match, but it's going to be hard to, yeah. My one fear, and we'll wrap on this, Saudi Arabia's next show is in two weeks. Some of these matches could get a, a screwy finish, so we get the payoff down there. Yeah, I mean, they, those, the Saudis really do want to see some big payoff. They, they want to see Brock Lesnar again. It would not shock not me putting up that money for nothing. if he shows up and screws with one of the title matches so he can be, I want a title again. I mean, I feel like we will get at least two, if not three, screwy endings. Oh, the Shane Miz one is pretty much guaranteed. It's a cage match. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I just those want that to be those over. Those only end in shenanigans. I just want it to be over. Uh, but I am looking forward to uh, Undertaker Goldberg. You're the only one. I, There's I, been a lot of hate. There's been a lot of hate. I, I'm a Goldberg Mark. All right, I'm a Goldberg. I'm a Goldberg Mark. Hey, man, geriatric wrestling is (laughs) combined age of like 104. Uh, Look, I'm not. I was not thrilled that it was Undertaker taking him on. I was. I wanted anybody. I think the first three minutes of the match are just going to be both of them trying to bend their knees. The first three minutes of the match for Goldberg are going to be the best. It's once he gets past three minutes. Killing producer (laughs) James. It's once he gets past three minutes that's going to be the problem. Oh, man. Goldberg gets stamina. So we end on that note. If you want to see some very old men slap fighting, (laughs) be sure to watch Money in the Bank. No, no, no. That's Saudi Arabia. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Saudi Arabia. Slapping the snot out of each other will be. No, the young young fit people will beat Money in the Bank. If you want to see some old people slap fighting, Saudi Arabia. Uh. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. If you want to join the ride and you have just started to dip in, you can find new episodes on comicbook.com every Wednesday and every Friday where we provide an RSS feed for you to subscribe to the show. Or you can subscribe on your favorite listening platform. We have iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Google Playlists now, is it, that we have? Producer Jim Viscardi's nodding from the shadows, yes. And you can... <laughs> Much to uh, Matt's joy and happiness, you can go to any Amazon Alexa device, say play Comic Book Nation podcast, those three words, and Alexa will hook you up as well. If you want to continue the conversation, you can reach us at the hashtag Comic Book Nation or find me at Kofi Outlaw. Uh, I am Matt Aguilar CB. At Connor Casey underscore CB. And... If you want to leave us a glowing review, a five-star review, we read them regularly and we'll send you some comic book swag if we read some reviews on the air, which we're going to do right now. Booyah! Because we're going to read a couple reviews, mostly because they were reviews that were just shining and glowing about my favorite subject of this podcast, me. (laughs) (laughs) No, but in all all seriousness, two people left some uh, reviews that kind of highlighted me, and uh, Jim Viscardi thinks that I've been leaving these reviews for my burner account on iTunes, (laughs) which is what I have to say to that is, Love to see you prove it, Jim. Love to see you prove it. Kofi, you are the Kevin Durant of this podcast. Oh, stop it. Stop it. I brush my hair. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The first one is going to say Squawk Spoiler Alert, which is an in-joke going all the way back to that podcast I won't name for legal reasons. And it's by uh, SightGuy08. And it says, man, I'm glad to see Kofi Outlaw back in the podcast game. He was definitely the reason I listened to the uh, 
podcast that we won't name for legal reasons. His takes are always enjoyable. The podcast is always a fun listen on my way to work. I love the various opinions and banter between the hosts. I look forward to listening to you guys weekly. See, you got thrown in there, too. Yeah, booyah. The hosts. That's you. Hey. All right. So thank you, Psych Guy 08. Uh, the second one is called Kofi Outlaws Back. We're not even going to mince words for this title. <laughs> and it is by Peter the Parasite. And it says, several years ago, I used to listen to a certain unnamed film podcast that Kofi Outlaw hosted. and was one of my favorite pods at the time. As soon as Kofi left the show, I found the show severely lacking and moved on to other pods, <laughs> hoping one day that the great Kofi Outlaw would make his return to the podcast scene. Oh, there's a whole other section to this I never read. Well, that time has come. Kofi is an excellent host and has made the new Comic Book Nation podcast one of my favorites. The other hosts are also great. That's you again, the other host. (laughs) And I especially enjoy the varied perspectives brought to the show. Comic reviews, in addition to the film reviews, are a plus. That is definitely you, buddy. Look at that. I like this review. And the show (laughs) offers quite a bit of insight into the films we all love by offering behind-the-scene features with big-name directors like Joe Russo. Even BD's getting a shot out in in this one. This podcast should have a bright future ahead of it, and I look forward to many more episodes. So, Peter the Parasite, Sight Guy 08, thank you. You kind of brightened up my day and week and month and possibly year. We'll see how it's going. Yeah, but, uh, four shirts. No? Yeah. No? <laughs> I shouldn't promise that. No, you shouldn't promise things like that on the air. But, uh, no, thank you. If you guys hit us up or hit up producer Jim Viscardi, we'll get you guys some uh, comic book swag. Uh, I don't have any person personal Kofi Outlaw swag to send you. I'm sorry, but... Not uh, yet, anyway. Oh, my Not God, yet. you really need it. Though. Yeah, I know. We the gotta, great. We'll produce The something. great Kofi Outlaw. The great Kofi Outlaw, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, oh, man, God. Yeah, we do have cards to sign, so I guess I'll send you some cards that I signed along with your T-shirt.